Welcome to today's edition of the Author's Corner. I'm Roberta Foster, brought to you by KNEO 91.7 FM, The Word. And today I welcome Terry Haynes to Author's Corner. She has written a wonderful novel called Passages of Hope, which is published by Barber Publishing. And she'll tell you more about how to find the book at the end of the program. Let me tell you a little bit about Terry. She is a prolific knitter, business owner, freelance graphic artist, former army wife, and she says left the army, not the husband, and mother of three living outside of Washington, D.C. Terry, thank you so much for your time today. You're welcome. You're welcome. My pleasure. So the book is titled Passages of Hope, and it's actually book 10 in the Doors to the Past series put out by Barber Publishing. Why don't you tell us a little bit about the series and how um, it's unique, but also how you became involved in it? And is this the only book you've written in that series? Um, This is the only book, and the series is... um historical places in the United States. So if you look at the other um, books in the series, there's some set in the Biltmore. Um, There's one set in what is dubbed the most haunted um, hotel in the United States. They're set in different places, and um, I got involved. I had written previously um, some novellas about the Underground Railroad, and uh, so that became my historical location and and I'm doing that quote unquote because you know the underground railroad isn't uh, a centralized location like the Biltmore right right so um, tell us a little bit about the book as a whole what is the storyline in passages of hope so in the book my main modern character is named Gracie and she has had a bit of a troubled life and her beloved grandmother passes and leaves her the house in her will, her grandmother's house. But she makes Gracie promise that she will fulfill her dream and open a yarn store in the ground floor of the house. Well, as Gracie is doing some renovations on the house, um, she finds a secret room. Mm -hmm. Then for the historical um, character, she is Olivia, and she is a conductress on the Underground Railroad, meaning she is moving people through her home okay. um, to freedom. and But there is uh, some trouble in the community of conductors, and they have to find it find out who is behind this trouble. Mm-hmm. That's, the, that's, a, that's a good synopsis without giving away the plot. <laughs> uh, exactly. Well, I have read the book, and so that was a pretty, pretty tight synopsis. So... <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Uh, very interesting. And, um, you know, for somebody such as myself who doesn't know too much about the Underground Railroad, it was a little of an introduction to that. It doesn't go into a tremendous amount of information. But what kind of research did you have to do for the book uh, just to uh, include it in your storyline? As I said, I had written previous um, previous books yeah. uh, on the Underground Railroad. So this this was just kind of a continuation of research. Okay. But lots of reading um, historical newspapers from the 1800s, lots of reading, um, getting my hands on uh, academic level textbooks um, with the uh, information. But my best resource 
was uh, the father of the Underground Railroad, William Still, actually wrote a book called The Underground Railroad, where okay. he includes um, firsthand accounts of people who had escaped. So that was that was the way he processed um, newly freed people. He he collected their stories, um, often with the goal of finding out if they had run and left somebody behind, if they had other family members, mm. if he could assist them, if he could reunite them with somebody who maybe had previous run. Uh, it, it It is a, a very detailed book. So lot, lots of times I, I live in Maryland and my local uh, library has some of the best historical resources so i just choose my library card which is even better so (laughs) yeah yay plugs for public libraries (laughs) hey look paying your taxes you might as well get a library card there you go (laughs) well and in fact um you include uh some research facilities i don't remember exactly which ones um in your book because they your characters had to do some research too didn't they they did they did um uh in the process of i guess this isn't too much of a spoiler but in the process of um discovering uh, some history about the house um gracie the modern character um does some genealogy research um and an interesting outcropping or, or result of that mm-hmm. is I started doing some genealogy research ah. search on myself just to see how the process would go. Like, there were pieces of information that Gracie needed to find for the story to move forward, mm-hmm. and I was like, could I find those things for myself? So I started doing some research and discovered some things about my family, and I was <laughs> like, oh, okay. <laughs> Any Anything that uh, was quite a surprise for you? Uh, yeah, my my paternal grandfather was born in 1886, and and that's two lifetimes. So like, uh-huh. my dad and my parents were born in the 40s. So my grandfather died at 80, but he was born in 1886. Yeah, yeah. So when I saw it, okay, so let's go maternal side. Maternal grandparents were born in the 30s. Oh, wow. So I'm thinking 30s, 20s, I should find my grandfather. No. Um, wow. Did not find did not find my grandfather in the 30s and 20s. Had to go back 20 years to find him. Wow. So that was very, very eye-opening that he had seen that much of times changing. Yes. Like his, grand, his grandfather was probably enslaved. Yeah. Um, depending on, based on the research that I found in the area. So just to know that he lived, like I said, two lifetimes yeah. um, worth of life. So that was that was very interesting. And I also found out some a shocking thing about my father that he was born by a midwife and they didn't record his birth. So when he became an adult to join Vietnam, he didn't have a birth certificate. So the fun part was, and it was really uh, an interesting lesson on how documents and history is past. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. How they verified him was the family Bible and my aunt going down and signing an affidavit. Cool. So that was so the fact that the family Bible was basically a legal standing document mm-hmm. is just amazing to me. Amen. Very interesting things that you have yeah. already dug up. 
Right, right. Uh, well, let me remind the listeners that I'm talking with Terry Haynes regarding her book, Passages of Hope, which is published by Barber Publishing. And you're listening to Authors Corner, and I'm Roberta Foster. So one of your main characters, as you've mentioned, Gracie Kingston, lacked self-confidence. And that was something I really picked up on in your book. So why was that an important aspect of your story? Mainly because I have found so many believers who have built a mindset about themselves, but not necessarily based on any facts. So here Gracie is Mm. thinking she is beneath or worthless or Mm -hmm. incompetent instead of looking at the track record of experiences Mm. that she had to make her who she was and the value that that had. Um, not always do we value the hard stuff that makes us grow. We kind of, you know, oh, I'm not successful because I don't have this thing. But it's like, but you survive this thing, this thing, this thing with the Lord's mm-hmm. help. And that that builds your, that should build your confidence for the um, new thing. I personally regularly tell myself, Sarah, you've been through worse than this. Mm. <laughs> like, come on, get it together, girl. You've been through worse than this. <laughs> so... That was something I wanted to explore because I had yeah. I had ran into so many believers who just had this mindset about themselves without taking a proper catalog yeah. of themselves. Very good. Then the other thing, of course, as I read in your bio, a prolific knitter, you included mm-hmm. knitting in your story. And so was that just something that because it was familiar with you, you thought you'd throw that in there? Or how did that come to be uh, really kind of an important part of the story? Okay, the the short, non-cute answer is I didn't have time for any other research. Okay. <laughs> I needed I needed her to do something, but I was so deep in the Underground Railroad research, I was like, I need something that I know off the top of my head there you go. that I could talk about at length, and knitting is it. So I started knitting at 11. My I had two childhood friends, and their grandmother taught me to knit on pencils because she oh. only had one set of knitting needles, and there were three of us. So okay. I learned how to knit on pencils. And then when I got married, surprise, surprise, my husband, who was from Barbados, knew how to crochet. (laughs) So we taught each other our our yarn craft. And I have been prolifically knitting probably since my early 30s. I just turned 50 this year. And um, it's I I am I'm standing in a room full of yarn right now. Readers, (laughs) uh, listeners, I wish you could see it. But I had I I knit when he was he's also retired army, as you said. Uh, when he was deployed, I knitted 11 sweaters that year to keep my sanity. Like, fast as I could finish one, I'd start another one. Um, so it it really has be, been a very, very important. I knit in church. Mm-hmm. I used to lose my, okay, there's a thing called a stitch marker. And you, you, um, you put it on your knitting when it's time right. to do something else or you want to mark a section of your knitting. I would find my stitch markers in church. Because <laughs> they fell off during Bible study. And I'd be sitting in church on Sunday going, you know. Over there underneath those chairs, that little green thing really looks like a stitch marker, <laughs> but <laughs> I don't remember losing one. So I would knit through conferences. I would knit through church services. Um, so knitting hospitals. I have. I used to keep a project in my car, knitting while I was commuting. So you know, at stoplights. <laughs> but um, yeah, so it is really a part of my my life. Now here's the really interesting part about this book. So, finish the book, she opens a yarn store. 
I mm-hmm. did all the research, talked to some yarn store friends. How did you start your yarn store? What did, what did you do? Did all my research. And then last year for June, for my 50th birthday, I opened a yarn store. Oh, cool. <laughs> so I was like, hey, I already got the research. I already know what to do, um, thanks to the book. So my yarn store is located here in Fort Washington, Maryland, very near my house. So I now have my yarn store and the book that inspired it. <laughs> well, all right. Well, why don't you tell our readers how they can keep up to date with you um, with your new books and events that you're involved with? TerryJHaines.com is my website. My socials are Terry, uh, Instagram is Terry dot, Terry J dot Haynes. Facebook is author Terry J Haynes. Um, and of course, you can always get this book from Barbara's website. And do you have something that you're working on for the future already? Yes. I've moved 20 years forward into reconstruction and, and toying around with an idea on reconstruction, okay. uh, a fiction book based in reconstruction. So it's very, very not ready. I haven't even really pitched it to anybody yet. So, yes, but I am I am working on that and a couple of other manuscripts that I'll probably either pitch or self-publish this year. Okay. Well, I guess we'll just encourage the listeners to stay up on all of that through your website, Terry J. Haynes, and remind them the book we're talking about today is Passages of Hope, and it's written by Terry Haynes and published by Barber Publishing, and we certainly appreciate them giving us a copy of the book to talk about. And uh, Terry, thank you so much for being with us on KNEO today. You're very, very welcome. And to our listeners, thank you for tuning in. If you missed any part of today's interview or would like to hear it again, you can find it on your favorite podcast provider. Join us again next time on Author's Corner. I'm Roberta Foster. Do you have five minutes for God? I'm Pastor Ed Wilson, and I believe there's no better way to begin each morning than spending a little time with Him. That's why every weekday morning I bring you a short devotional broadcast designed just for that. Look up God's Five Minutes wherever you get your podcast to kickstart your spiritual walk for each day. We'll always do it in five minutes or less. Have you talked to God today?